Hi, Shannon Waller here, and welcome to the Team Success Podcast. I am really excited to share with you an insight that I got after working with a really great team leader, and this insight I had about delegation, and really a delegation formula. And it's not so much a formula of how to delegate, but really how to know when to delegate. So my formula, just so you know what it is, is when you have a desire for something, when there's something that you really want to have happen, personally, professional, team, company, doesn't matter, and you realize you don't have the capability. Now, the capability can be in terms of skill, in terms of time. It also is often mental energy, which is measured by the Colby profile, if you haven't done that yet, which is available at colby.com, K-O-L-B-E.com. Well, when you don't have the capability, skill, time, or mental energy, and you still want it done, that equals delegation. Now, I want to share with you the example that she was talking about, because it's a really fun one, and it's completely personal. It's actually not to do with work, except that it applies brilliantly to work once you hear it. So she was saying that, you know what, I got exercise down, but I really want to work on better eating. And, you know, I really want to sit down and do some meal planning. I want to get it organized so that I know what I'm going to eat and make sure there's lots of healthy food. And that's something that I really want. And then I looked at her Colby profile, which measures mental energy, on a scale of 1 to 10 in the what's called follow-through, which is what measures mental energy in terms of organizing, systematizing, making lists, finishing, following through, all of those things. She was a 3 out of the 10. And I thought to myself, you know what? You're going to give all of your follow-through at the office. There's really not going to be any left. And I'm a big fan of people doing things at which they can be successful, that they can do sustainably, and have a win at the end of it. And I just looked at her, I said, "Uh, please don't do that. (laughs) Please do not do meal planning. I said, first of all, you won't have any mental energy with which to do it. Second of all, if you do, you can't keep it up. I said, what about looking at a meal service? So we talked about Blue Apron, and we talked about some other services. I said, I just Googled the ones in the Toronto area, because bloggers are great. They actually kind of curate all these lists for you, whatever your city is. So that's what she's going to go and do. But I thought to myself, goodness, this is a perfect example of how to know when to delegate. So I want to take that into some other examples. So just think about when there's something that you know you need to get done, you really want to get done, so you have a strong desire, but you don't have the skill, the mental energy, the time, what have you, but then we don't delegate. So what happens is the consequence or the cost of it is that you try and make yourself, so that gets really exhausting because you actually don't have the mental energy to do it. You don't have the time, so you either try and squish it in, which compromises something else, creates pressure, has you stay up way too late at night, which compromises your sleep, which (laughs) compromises your creativity. You get where I'm going with that. You don't have the skills. You think, okay, I have to go and learn how to do this, which, you know, sometimes that's not a bad thing. I like to get more skilled at a lot of things too. But sometimes from a time perspective or the investment payoff just isn't there. One of the things I really come to appreciate when I stop thinking that I have to do everything myself We call this the rugged individualism mindset as strategic coach. When I get out of that mindset, I look around and I realize just how much talent is in the world. That if I were to free up a little bit of resourcefulness and a little bit of money, 
I could have that at my disposal. I could take advantage of that. And all of a sudden, the world looks like a very bountiful place that's there to support me and that's there to leverage me. But again, you really have to get out of this mindset of you having to do everything yourself. And this can be challenging. And it can be challenging for someone who's been at your company for a month. And it's challenging for someone who's been there for a long time. Doesn't matter if they're brand new at a starting position or the owner of the company. We all have things about which we are a rugged individual and we hate to let go. I call this the delegation death grip where people just cannot let go of certain types of activities. So let's talk about why this is important, why this formula is important. You want something, don't have the capability yourself, that equals delegation. So why do I want you to put this in place? Really, it's so that you don't fail, that you don't compromise yourself, you don't set yourself up for failure. You know, I really like how Dan Sullivan talks about this. He said, you know what, as an entrepreneur, you have designed the game. It's your game. Design it so that you can win. And so many of us take on other people's rules, other people's ideas about how we should do things. My mother taught me that should was a four-letter word. I was not allowed to say that growing up. <laughs> totally true. And we don't really say, okay, what actually works for me? I know someone, lovely, lovely man, who had not one but two CEO coaches because he felt like he needed to be a better CEO. I remember talking to him about that, and I know how he strives. I know what his Colby profile is, and I also know what he's passionate about. And I sort of asked him, I said, well, do you love being a CEO? And he goes, well, not really. That's why I want to get better at it. I know that other people are expecting this of me. His managers wanted him to be somebody he wasn't. He wanted himself to be somebody he wasn't. It wasn't working very well. He was frustrated. He was exhausted. He looked really stressed. And I was concerned. That was kind of why I followed him around one day. Anyway, as we're walking out, I said, you know, let's just talk for a second about what do you love to do? What are you really passionate about? What are you really skilled at? He said, oh, I am so passionate about the client experience. He said, I love designing that. And the words kind of popped into my head. I said, oh, maybe like an architect of the client experience. Maybe you could be the client experience architect. He said, oh, that's really interesting. Can we talk about that? I said, yes. And the other thing I had said to him at that point was, well, what if you were doing more of that? Wouldn't that be something that would give your managers a lot of clarity and direction about where the company is going? He said, yes, actually, it really would. So he said, can we talk more? So sure. So we had another conversation. And then not long after, I got a box of business cards with his name. It said founder and chief experience architect. I was like, yes. (laughs) I love that. And he had really freed himself up. He appointed someone else to be the CEO. He got to be the chief experience architect. I've heard lots of other fun CEO titles, like chief enthusiast officer was a recent one. So chief experience officer is another. So you can have some fun with these titles. But really, when we only hold ourselves accountable to do those things that we love to do and are best at and are most skilled at. And when we make an investment in those skills, it gets even better and has a multiplier result. And often if we stop trying to invest in ourselves in areas that we really don't have much, again, mental energy, existing skill, time, it just makes so much more sense to delegate it. And I don't want you to fail. (laughs) I want you to win, actually. I hate to see people beat themselves up for being somebody they're not. That just doesn't make any sense to me. And the other thing is, it's a real stress to your team when you are putting yourself under this kind of pressure. When you are being a rugged individual, I cannot tell you how many team members I've worked with who talk about their team leader or their entrepreneur, and they're like, oh, 
I just really wish he would let me do these things. It could be cleaning the office. It could be taking over a certain part of the business. It could be handling a certain type of problem. And you have this death grip on this delegation. And they're like, please, please give it to me, give it to me. And they're gentle. And they may be a little bit too subtle for you to have noticed, to be perfectly honest. But other people are hurting watching us do things sometimes because we just don't think we can let it go. We think because it's a burden for us, it's going to be a burden for somebody else. Guess what? That's not true. They love to do things that we don't do. So how do you take action on this? Well, there are a couple of prerequisites. You have to have some self-awareness. You really have to know how you're put together. That's why I'm such a huge fan of Colby, why I'm such a huge fan of StrengthsFinder, why I love profiles is because they give a common language to our strengths. And they tell us where we're going to get the biggest bang for our buck in terms of investment, in terms of time. This is where we're going to get the biggest return. I know that I don't have a ton of mental energy for specifics, for details, for planning, not how I'm put together, tons of energy for ideas and presentations and coaching. And I can do that all day long. And I do. But I don't also ask me to manage expense spreadsheets or do super detailed research or plan a trip or scheduling. I could go on. Don't ask me to do those things because I don't do them well. Any investment I make will get merely adequate and okay, but never fabulous. I prefer to be fabulous. And this doesn't really make any sense. Other people are far better placed to do it. And frankly, when they watch me do it, they're kind of in horror. They're like, oh, oh, do it this way. No, don't do that. Oh, can I take over? <laughs> I'm like, sure. <laughs> and yet I'm totally willing to do things for them that they don't want to do. So it's often a very equal exchange, but I'm very grateful. So you really have to know yourself. And as you can tell, have a sense of humor. You do not have to be perfect at everything. Listen to my perfectionism podcast if you want to get some insight into that. So you really do have to know and appreciate what you're great at, where your strengths are, where they're not. Appreciate that you have enormous gifts to contribute and you need to play with those cards, the ones that you were dealt, not the ones you wish you were dealt. So really, really important to know yourself to that level. Next, you need to be resourceful. There are people out there who have thought about and care passionately about solving the problem that you have. Go find them. They're out there. There are so many different online resources right now. I get to hang out with Peter Diamandis sometimes, and I go to Abundance 360, which is this great technological futuristic conference. And how they get stuff done and their small exponential teams and the number of resources they have is kind of astounding, frankly. And just Google it. Put it in the search engine and Google what you're looking for. Put in some parameters like your city or what have you, and you'll be amazed at how many people are willing to do stuff that you don't want to do or aren't good at doing. So be resourceful. But again, you have to unhook yourself from the mindset that you have to do this yourself. That's what will hold you back. And that's what will keep you struggling against that activity as opposed to being good at delegating. Now, if you're wondering what to focus on, what is something that you could possibly delegate if you're kind of intrigued by this idea, look at those things about which you have been procrastinating. Look at your list of things that you write down over and over and over again as you do your planning. Oh, I really need to do this. Often, we're quite good at getting stuff done at work, but we may be lagging a little bit in our home life. Maybe you want to start exercising, and you've been writing that down and down and down and down on your goal list. Well, maybe in that case, you need to delegate the motivation of that to a personal trainer. Hire them, pay them lots of money. <laughs> <laughs> get them scheduled, have it be expensive if you miss an appointment, 
or get a buddy if you want to do it the less expensive way and make yourself accountable, but have an external structure. Don't try and do that all yourself. You know, if it's eating plans, you want to eat better, then great. There are amazing services right now being put together to do that. If you don't want to do the shopping, but you like to do the cooking, then there's ones for that. If you don't want to even cook anything, then great. There's another service. So there are just so many resources out there. If you want people to design spreadsheets for you, to do logos, just about any aspect of business or personal life at this point can be outsourced. But you also have to give up feeling guilty. But anyway, if you want a clue as to what you could, I don't want to say should, what you could delegate and use this formula for, look at your procrastination list, the things that you keep repeating over and over again, and the things you tend to feel guilty about. And lastly, just be really honest with yourself, or you could say truthful with yourself, about whether or not you really will do something. A phenomenal distinction I learned about from Kathy Colby is the distinction between can, want, and will. Can is a statement of capability. I, oh, I can do that. That means you are physically and mentally able. <laughs> well, good for you. It says absolutely nothing about whether or not you will actually do it. Want is a statement of desire. You want to do something. You want this done. That's great. The motivation is absolutely essential. Nothing really happens without it. There's no commitment there, though. It's the word will that I want you to listen for in yourself and in other people. When you say, I will do this, you are committing yourself. You are committing your striving instincts. You will actually do it. And there's a cost if you don't do it. When we say, okay, I will do this, that's kind of our word. That's what we listen for. So I now am pretty fine-tuned in my listening. So if I say to myself, oh, well, I can do that, and then I have to ask myself, okay, Shannon, but will you? I'm like, oh, um, actually, probably not. <laughs> so that's kind of a clue. And if someone else says, oh, I can do that, I also ask them, oh, does that mean you will? And then they go, oh, actually, let me see if I have time for that. And it has them question. I'm not questioning whether or not they want to contribute or help. That's obvious that they do. But it, the will question really has people say, okay, I'm making a commitment here. Does this make sense with my other commitments, with what else is going on, with the resources I have at my disposal? Will I actually get this done? So that's what I want you to be attuned to with yourself and with others. So we've talked about the delegation formula. Again, this is kind of the how to delegate formula, if I want to refine that a little bit. So it's when you want to do something, but you don't have the skill, the time, the mental energy. That equals delegation. Again, there's a mindset shift here. If you're the person who thinks they have to do it all themselves, it means, oh, you get to be resourceful. You get to be honest about yourself with lots of love and humor and go, oh, okay, this is actually not something I will do. Therefore, who can I get to help me? Who's available? Where can I find the resources to actually leverage me? And then what you'll notice is all of those things on that to-do list that you've been procrastinating about or feeling badly about start getting done. You'll feel incredibly productive, very, very capable. You're like, oh my gosh, I have got my act together. <laughs> I am capable of pulling together a team personally and professionally and for our company. Whole teams have decided that, oh, you know what? We really are not great at this part of our business. Let's outsource it. So this happens on the micro and the macro level. I know companies who said, okay, we're not doing this anymore, and they outsource it. You can get very creative and have a lot of fun with this particular concept, again, on an individual, personal level, on a team level, and on a company level. So I wanted to give you a key as to know when to delegate. Thank you very much for listening. I really hope this conversation has inspired you to delegate a little bit more. If you have any questions or comments, please let us know at questionsastrategiccoach.com. And as always, here's to your team success. 
Hi, Shannon here, and thank you very much for listening. If you like what you heard today, please take a moment to rate the Team Success Podcast on iTunes. And we'd love it if you'd share the podcast with anyone else who could benefit. If you're interested in learning more about the Strategic Coach Program for Entrepreneurs, visit us at strategiccoach.com or the Strategic Coach channel on YouTube. For free downloads and more team success strategies, visit teamsuccesshandbook.com. Oh, 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 oh,